Hey folks, you're listening to How to Win a Campaign, where you'll get an insider's perspective that teaches you not only how to run, but how to win. I'm Martin Diego Garcia. And I'm Joe Fold. And you can find us at CMPWRKSHP on Twitter or at the Campaign Workshop on Instagram. Welcome and thanks for listening to this week's episode of How to Win a Campaign. On the last episode, we geeked out on election law and compliance with our friend Joe Sandler. Yeah, he's great. And today we're talking all things deep canvassing. We'll be discussing how to have those authentic conversations with voters and the benefits of using long-form canvassing field techniques to really maximize your door-to-door voter outreach. And then later in the episode, we're going to be discussing some field tools and some tactics available to progressive campaigns to really assist in your organizing of volunteers and making sure that your message is connecting with the people in the field. But first, Joe, let's start at the beginning. What's the difference between deep canvassing and traditional canvassing, which most folks are used to doing? So deep canvassing is really about empathy, engagement, and sort of takes off those traditional guardrails of a political canvas conversation where you're at the door, you're trying to ID people, you're trying to get to the next house as fast as possible, right? With deep canvassing, there's no time limit. You're talking and engaging on a longer subject that could be anything from an advocacy conversation, like talking to people who are unvaccinated about why are they unvaccinated. It could be about hot button political issues like abortion, or it could be about registration and why people are not registered to vote. Any of those things could be a deep canvas issue, but it's a longer conversation, whereas a traditional political canvas is very short. You're trying to get to the next house and frankly is less empathetic and has some intrinsic problems, which we'll talk about in a bit. I've done a lot of the traditional canvassing. It is oftentimes shorter, much more succinct. There is a very script that we train people to stick to. And it's, it is metrics driven, right? Where how many people did you talk to? How many IDs did you make? Did you ask them whether or not they were going to vote for you? It is very campaign to the voter. And it sounds like deep canvassing is very different than that. What does the structure of deep canvassing look like? Well, one, it starts with training. You have well-trained people that you're engaging with and you're teaching how to talk on a subject. You are collecting some data, but you're leaving it very open-ended and you're starting from a place of empathy and having a deep conversation about it. Part of the problem that I think currently exists with traditional political canvassing is we're so focused on the app on getting to the next house, on putting in the information that we lose that engagement, that warmth, that connection, that empathy, which frankly was the reason we started canvassing to begin with, right? The whole idea is that canvassing is not a lick drop. It's not just dropping off a piece of paper. You're not the US mail. Let someone else do that. It is a engaged conversation with a neighbor, somebody in the community to say, I'm supporting this candidate. This is why. Let's talk about this. I'm all for apps. I'm all for metrics. I think it's all great. I think it's important. But we have to train our volunteers and we have to give people the time to have real conversations. And when those things happen, that is actually when persuasion happens. Agreed. I think particularly in this quite a bit of divisive time, right, where people are really digging their heels in, traditional canvassing because it is so data-driven and data-driven has been the most important thing in our campaigns. And and we've lost that sort of humanity bit, right? Like we've lost that piece of connection. And I think deep canvassing is really trying to get us back to that where 
we're seeing people. In the research that I've done around deep canvassing and case studies and studies that have been done on it, the goal is really to establish that meaningful connection and dig deeper than some like top level concerns or stances on hot button issues to figure out what makes a person tick, right? Like what is the guiding motivation behind the decisions they're making in their personal life, in their political life, like how they're going to vote so that not only are you bringing in your allies, right, but you're talking to some undecided folks, you're talking to your opposition to really help change their hearts and minds. Yeah, I mean, canvassing in itself is a Swiss army knife. There's lots of ways that you could use it. Deep canvassing is a version of canvassing, but there's a lot that we can learn from what works. And we have seen study after study tell us what works at deep canvassing, empathy, engagement, connection, right? Absolutely. Joe, what types of campaigns uh, should consider potentially utilizing deep canvassing? If you have a voter registration drive and there's people in your community that have not registered to vote and you can't move them, right? Sitting out with a voter registration table in front of a shopping mall may not do it. Going to their house, meeting people where they are and saying, hey, I want to have a conversation with you about like why voter registration is important, why you haven't registered to vote, like very, very broad or how or start with a conversation about, hey, how do you show up in your community from neighbors and friends and starting that way versus even talking about voter registration, I think that is important. Again, vaccination, public health. I think what you're seeing is canvassing starting to begin around that and you could use deep canvassing tactics for that. Long-term persuasion on hot button issues really, I think, could be very helpful to use deep canvassing. But again, not going to work for everyone. Takes a lot of resources, takes a lot of time. But I also think there's so much to learn from it that we are missing the point if we just say, I don't have the resources to do deep canvassing, therefore I'm not going to learn from the lessons of deep canvassing. Absolutely. And in the studies that I've been looking at and the research that's been done, it's interesting, Brad, because it seems very common sense once you read it, that like having those conversations where you're asking open-ended questions, so you're getting a little bit deeper than surface level stuff. You're being vulnerable and you're sharing your personal experience with whatever the issue is, right? You're asking them to reflect on when was a time that somebody showed you compassion? When was a time that somebody showed you grace? And you're connecting on a human level and then they're getting to the conclusion themselves. And I think that's the point of the deep canvassing, right? We're not calling them out for being hateful or a bigot or a fill in the blank ism, but we're allowing them for themselves to come to the conclusion we're hoping they get to which most therapists will tell you, is a better way and a much more productive and long-term way to keep their hearts and minds changed and on our side. But the other thing that I'll also say, going back to the traditional canvas, is if anyone is canvassed lately, right, and you're out there with your mask and your phone and, you know, you're going from door to door to door and you finally get to a voter, have a conversation. Don't just run, oh, there must be another voter out there. Gotta go. See ya. Right? I mean, this is the point that we're trying to make. Have that longer conversation. I actually really believe that if instead of having a 30-second conversation, you had a five-minute conversation, it's not the same as a 15-minute deep canvas, but there's a lot that you could get through that will be where persuasion happens and engagement happens. And part of what we're doing in a quote-unquote political canvas is talking to people who are with us to get them to engage on a race that they may not be thinking about. 
that is something you can be doing in five minutes. So I just think there's a lot to learn here. I mean, the other thing that was really cool about this interview was like Dave Fleischer and I have known each other for a really long time. He was the lead trainer at Victory Fund before I was the lead trainer at Victory Fund. And and again, we don't agree on everything, but it was a deep canvas conversation where there's a ton that I could learn from Dave Fleischer. And it was awesome. I think that's another key point of, of deep canvassing is that listening aspect. And I think this goes to what I'm always passionate about, training your folks. Doing deep canvassing is very different than traditional canvassing, traditional political canvassing. You are likely going to have either folks who belong to those communities of the issues you're talking on, or folks who are very dear and near to those issues. And the people whose doors you're going to be knocking on or the conversations you're going to be having may stand a complete opposite end of that issue. And so they may be hearing some really harsh and negative responses. And it's that training that's really going to ensure that we're not saying throw <laughs> throw all the rails off. We're saying there is some structure to be had to these conversations with the intent of finding commonality and humanity in the other person that isn't just, here's some information about my campaign. Do you agree or disagree? Will you vote for me? It is getting further and deeper into those, but know that those are going to be really tough conversations for your canvassers and they need to be prepared to have them. And again, as you've said, that's where the good training comes in and that's where learning these lessons of empathy and engagement matter so much. So we're going to move on then and like listen to the interview and we'll be back after the break. Here's our interview with Dave Fleischer and we'll talk to you in a bit. And we're back. Dave Fleischer is the director of Los Angeles LGBT Center's Leadership Lab, which works to reduce prejudice and change voters' hearts and minds. Their work has led them to speaking with thousands of voters by using their deep canvassing method. Fleischer's method of deep canvassing has delivered the first empirically tested and proven method where a single conversation decreases prejudice in a long-lasting way. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. So Dave, you created deep canvassing in response to California's 2008 Prop 8 ballot initiative, which banned same-sex marriage. What was it about this initiative that led you to create deep canvassing? That election, Joe, I don't know if your listeners will remember, but the LGBT community was favored Every single poll that was published showed we would win pretty handily, and then we lost. There's nothing like losing when you thought you were going to win to elicit a strong emotional reaction from everybody on your side, somewhere between anguish and disgust. So the reason we invented deep canvassing is because everything we had known to do had just failed. And we didn't even know we were gonna invent anything. We just knew that somehow or another, polling was failing us. It wasn't accurately gauging people's susceptibility to an appeal to prejudice. So we, the idea I had, best idea I've ever had in my life is Let's go out and talk to those voters who we thought were with us, who voted against us, 
to find out why they did that. Let's start with an obvious question, which is, why is door-to-door, one, so important, but also so undervalued in having these conversations? Well, I would say that the thrust in progressive politics over the 50-year course of my career doing this kind of work has been very consistently in the same direction, where door-to-door gets less and less resource and attention. And I would say, in general, two-way communication, where there's a real dialogue, that gets less emphasis. I think there is a wish on the progressive side that we can persuade by having a slight tweak in our messaging or a slight change in the messenger. It's the wrong wish, Joe. A one-way communication is just not very persuasive. And we don't have enough people on our side to consistently win the elections we really care about. So if we want more people on our side, we ought to be vastly curious about what, what will help them decide to be with us. And door-to-door is just unparalleled in terms of our best chance, not just to make our case, but to listen. And a key part of deep canvassing is authenticity of people who are going and having that conversation, of being curious, asking those questions, but being their authentic self too, and frankly, letting the participants be their authentic selves, right? Tell me why authenticity is so important in that conversation. You know, I'm going to suggest that instead of authenticity, we focus on vulnerability. My authentic asshole arrogant self (laughs) is actually not effective at the door. My authentic humble, vulnerable self is. So the key, it turns out that if we want somebody to reconsider an opinion they've got, uh, that's only going to happen if the words that come out of their mouth get them to notice some reason that they might want to reconsider. And so everything I'm saying at the door is really in service of what can I do to earn this voter's trust so that they'll decide to talk with me about the things that really matter to them. And so my authentic, vulnerable self, that's very valuable because it communicates so clearly that I haven't come to the door to judge them or shame them, or intimidate them. It means they don't have to defend themselves to me. That's why it's important. Speaking of vulnerability, it can be nerve-wracking for campaigns or groups to go to doors of people that they think are not with them and have a conversation. How should a volunteer shift their mindset to be open to that conversation, to be vulnerable, to have that conversation? Well, it's not all on the volunteer. The campaign has to decide to make a really big investment in training, coaching, role play practice, and preparation. Because 
if you send somebody out to do this and you haven't prepared them, they're going to fail. So the biggest thing is uh, we just have to realize that what we're asking people to do might be really different than the habits that they've developed, not only for talking with strangers, but maybe talking about politics with anyone. And yet people can learn this. Every volunteer is able to learn this because usually in the course of somebody's ordinary life, this is more how you would talk to a friend or a family member. Only Donald Trump is an asshole with everyone. So if we've had an experience not being an asshole, uh, we can learn how to relax enough to do this. And then the other piece, for especially when people volunteer who've been active in other political campaigns, they've developed a set of habits, maybe. Some of them are good habits, but a lot of them aren't. There's this wish and hope that somehow we can manipulate where things are going to go. Those habits have to be unlearned, and training is the only place you can do it. And then the final thing I think we stumbled into that's been so helpful is figuring out how to ask voters successfully to consent to letting us videotape these conversations at the door because there is nothing like seeing yourself on video when you think you're being terrific, but really you're just being a lousy listener. We still have the first conversation where I was on video, Joe, and I still use it sometimes in training to show what bad listening looks like. So uh, there's gotta be this candor inside the campaign that, that this is hard stuff to do and worth it because everything else we're tempted to do doesn't work very well. So for those of our listeners that don't really know a ton about deep canvassing, can you talk about beyond sort of the vulnerability? Can you talk a little bit about training? Talk about how long a conversation is that you recommend. Is there a length? Talk a little bit about that so folks can get into sort of the details of the difference between a deep canvas and a traditional door-to-door -door canvas, which is relatively short. So our conversations average about 15 minutes with each voter. And a conventional door-to-door -door canvas, often their conversations average one minute, maybe at most two minutes with the voter. And I'm not saying that there's magic in 15 minutes. I could certainly be at a door and be ineffective for an unlimited period of time. But the gist of what it takes a good chunk of time and well-developed listening skills is that we're going to tell a story about somebody we love. And then we're going to ask the voter to tell us a story about somebody they love. And 
it can't just be the headline version of a story. It can't be a self-serving story where I was heroic. Uh, and it's not helpful if the story is a parable that I've reverse engineered, right? So it's not helpful for me to tell a story about my dad and how getting on social security has saved his life. What is helpful is if I tell a story about my dad and why I love him. And I describe some moment in my either adult life or childhood life where I realized just by the way he did things that he loved me. I, I can tell you in our normal conversation, right? If I'm going to break down that 15 minutes for you, the first minute is going to be to introduce myself and to get the voter talking and let them know generally what in the world we're talking about. So they don't keep wondering, why is this guy here? And then the next couple minutes, I'm going to be telling a story about somebody by I love. And I'm going to take a full two minutes. And I'm going to really describe it in detail, including how I felt. And then it's probably going to take me four or five minutes, maybe even more, to elicit a story from them. So more than half of the 15 minutes is, is this. And then the other half is if we connect in that first half, then I can point out to them that I notice there's some things we've got in common. And I can explain why I, thinking about the person I love, propels me, motivates me to want to vote or to vote a certain way. And I can ask them to reflect on that for themselves. And then the last part of the conversation is if there are any transactional things we need to do, if I need to register them to vote or sign them up for vote by mail. And that's why a conversation can take 30 minutes. It could take 45 minutes because what happens if I have this conversation, it goes well, it takes some time to register them to vote, and then I talk to the next person in the household. So 15 minutes is, I'm not going to say the minimal amount of time, but we don't try to make it faster. That is the most, maybe the most radical thing. We're just not worried about rushing. But here's the thing we ought to notice how close these elections are. This presidential election was ludicrously close. We came so close to Donald Trump being legitimately reelected. He would have got, needed to have gotten just a little bit more than 40,000 votes in the three closest states. And he'd have won even though he was trounced in the popular vote. And, and so when a margin in a state like Wisconsin or Georgia is 10,000 votes, quantity is not our problem. The problem is we lose these embarrassingly close elections often enough that we lose control of everything. And so 
if you're thinking that I'm going to recommend deep canvassing as the only thing we do in American politics, I'm not. There are all kinds of lesser, simpler, easier things we can do to reach out to the people who are already with us and already voting. But for the people who are not with us, who we need to have on our side and voting, or for the people who are on our side, but they just don't vote, they miss even presidential elections on a regular basis, then those people need a much more remarkable intervention. And yes, the advantage, not just of our spending 15 minutes with somebody, but spending it this way, where we've really listened to somebody and they feel listened to, and where it isn't that we've talked them into changing their mind about whether they're going to vote. They've realized for themselves they want to change. That's so much more memorable. And therefore, we have this wonderful experience, not where we have a panacea, but where one out of 10 of the people who we talk with change and stay changed. That's what's unusual about deep canvassing. So you've used deep canvassing on political campaigns, on issues. Talk to me. I think one of the issues we're dealing with as a society is vaccine hesitancy. Can you talk a little bit about how you would use deep canvassing to talk to and engage with people that are hesitant to get vaccinated? I can tell you how I would think about it. And I've offered a little bit of this thinking to people trying to solve this problem. But I want to confess that I don't have any experience door knocking on this myself. But I think I'd begin by introducing myself and saying that I'm there because we really want to understand how, how people are approaching vaccination. And I had come out of the closet right away as a vaccinated person, uh, which I am. And, and then I'd ask them if they're vaccinated. And I wouldn't just ask it in that binary way. I'd say on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is you're not vaccinated and you don't want to be. And 10 is you're vaccinated and you're really glad you are. And in the middle, you have any mixed feelings. What number would be the right number for you? And then when they give me a number, I'd ask why. Why is that the right number? And I'd really listen and I'd take notes. And then I'd probably say something like, you know, vaccination, you know, for me, it's not actually a political issue. It's, it's personal. And I would tell a story about somebody I love, living or dead. I'd, and it's not somebody who, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a story that relates to vaccination in any way. And then I would have just asked them, who's somebody you love? When I really feel like I've heard them tell me about somebody they love, I don't want to then immediately just switch to putting them on the spot to change their mind. 
I think what I'd point out is, look, you and I don't know each other very well, but, but we have something important in common, which I know already, which is that we know what it's like to love somebody. And so when I think about the people I love, uh, I want to be somebody they can rely on, and I want to be able to rely on them. So to me, that's what vaccination's about. And, and so I really want everybody to get vaccinated so we protect the people we love. What about you? Do you want everybody to get vaccinated? As you can tell, we're not rushing in this conversation. And I think that through line of vulnerability is so important, right? In whatever type of canvassing you're doing. I think that to me is a missing element that often people just don't get. It's almost as if somewhere along the way, maybe at multiple points, we've looked at the depiction of politics and mistaken it for what politics really is. Uh, campaigning isn't really the same thing as being in a segment of the West Wing. It's fundamentally about connection. I think that's why you've been curious about this, Joe, is in your communications, you're looking for connection every time. From my perspective, listen, I've been doing this a long time. I think that power of authenticity and that power of vulnerability is so critical and so important. The bottom line is we've now got somewhere between a quarter and half of the country that are chronic non-voters. And a very large number of these people would be with us. I don't know when we became so uncurious about these people, but that it's gonna kill us. And that's where I think progressives can do better. So in closing, if somebody wants to reach out or get started or be a part of a deep canvas program, how can they get involved? I think sometimes if people just ask of the campaigns that they care about, is this part of what you're doing? They may either find out that they can join in or they'll instigate it. But also I, I'm doing some writing on how people can initiate this on their own because this is really against the current of what many campaigns are thinking about doing. You may need to start it. Luckily, uh, Rounding up a group of friends to start it with you is really the key. You'll discover whether you are among the group of people who actually enjoy doing this. And if so, you're going to be excited as you learn. Dave Fleischer, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for all the work you're doing. And uh, thanks for uh, having a vulnerable conversation with me. I really appreciate it. And we're back. Great job on that interview, Joe. I think it's really impactful. I think Dave's beliefs in deep canvassing really reminds us how important it is 
to focus on those personal connections, whether it's with constituents, voters, your community. And I'm always a fan, and he emphasizes it, the power of vulnerability um, in canvassing and really in all of your efforts. But what were your main takeaways from the interview? That empathy matters. My background is I started out as a canvasser. That's where I come from. And so I really believe in this. But again, where Dave and I differ a little bit as I started out as a political canvasser, but I really learned the way I was taught canvassing was very open-ended, was, I would say, very deep canvassing-like, having conversations, engaging with people, not rushing to the next door, trying to connect and convey was how I was taught. So I think it's really important to go back to that. And I really do think that there is a lot to not being afraid of having hard conversations. That's not a fight. That's not an argument. It is respectful, but it is a conversation. And I think part of the political problem that we are in right now is that we refuse to talk to each other even when it's important because it's too hard. Agreed. I mean, I think sometimes as progressives, we are a little bit too smart for our own good. And it has become very much like, test this and test that. And what's the perfect equation for this script to get this person to take this action? It just becomes so methodical and so data-centric and heavy that I think you're right. I think we, we have forgotten about we are trying to actually make the world a better place. And we are trying to actually make real human connections out in the world. And it has felt a little transactional in recent campaigns around the end goal is to win. No, the end goal is to serve. The end goal is a benefit for the community, whether it's a ballot initiative, whether it's a candidate campaign. And I think deep canvassing really helps remind us of that. Well, also data is a tool. It is not a strategy. And I think often what happens is we get lost in the idea and we think of collecting data as the strategy for the campaign. That is not the strategy. The strategy is talking about an issue, how you talk about an issue, what the message is. That is the strategy. Data is a tool to say, okay, how many people did you talk to and how do you follow up with these people, right? That's great about data, and you can use these tools that we'll talk about in a minute to collect the data and develop a real relationship. That's awesome, but it is not the strategy of the campaign. Agreed. You mentioned fear earlier, and I think that's also important to note that if if you've ever been around Joel Fold, he is a fan of productive, hard conversations. And he has made me a fan of productive, hard conversations. And, and I think you're right. Like, I think there is a fear right now because the world is and seems just in the political space so volatile and so just mean. As you're having these conversations and you're going into neighborhoods where maybe they do not at the face value, uh, appreciate the type of human you are, right? Like safety is there, right? And I think in training and in, in providing the support that your canvassers are going to need to do this type of really emotionally taxing work, I think keep that into consideration, right? We're not saying go out and talk to every every person who's running around <laughs> screaming hateful things, but but being strategic about it makes sense and making sure that you're keeping your folks safe is also important. And again, it's two levels of safety, right? It is physical safety and emotional safety. Having these conversations is hard. You need to prepare your volunteers and your uh, staff to have these conversations. It takes some training, whether they are three-minute or a five-minute conversation or a 15-minute conversation, Training helps and it matters. 
Uh, Joe, talk to us a little bit about like the tools that are out there right now that folks can use or how they can manipulate current tools that, that don't support this. So what I'll say is deep canvassing is really about being less focused on the tool and more about focused on the conversation, right? In a traditional political canvas, you're like trying to get to the next house. What I would say is you want to hybrid that a little bit. You want to think about like how do you use the tool to like get you to the house, put the tool down, have an actual conversation with people. When you leave the house, use your tool as a collection point to continue the conversation. It may be that at the end of this conversation, person had a great testimonial and really loved your candidate and wants to do something. Maybe you ask if you can record them at the door, get their permission and have them record a testimonial and then ask them to share that with friends and family. Maybe that you collect a cell phone number or you collect an email address and you're providing them more information and you're having a back and forth or inviting them to a telephone town hall. There are lots of tools, whether that's a minivan, whether that's an impactive, whether that is a tool like Grassroots Unwired. There are lots of parts of tools or complete packages of tools that will allow you to have this two-way conversation and have that dialogue. And I think that is the essence of what we're trying to get to here when, you know, whether it's my approach to canvassing or Dave Fleischer's approach, I don't really think there's that. I, I will tell you, if we could do deep canvassing in campaigns, like we should do as much of that as possible. But when we can't, there is so much to learn from and ways to harness the power of deep canvassing that I don't think people have really tried. We're going to be putting some links in the show notes. We have a, a seven questions on our blog with Dave uh, Fleischer around around deep canvassing. We uh, also in my research, did I say his name wrong? Okay, I'll go back and do that for me. Absolutely. And we're going to put some uh, links in the show description around some other resources that we have. We actually have a seven questions that we did with Dave on our blog. Um, and in my research, I was able to find some uh some links up to some articles done around the case studies um, around deep canvassing and how impactive that it is. And we'll add those to the show description as well. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you have specific questions or comments about deep canvassing, feel free to contact us using our social media or the email in the show description. Great. And on our next episode, we'll be talking with Mark Putnam about making great political ads just a side note, I was Mark's intern in college. So again, to everyone out there, be nice to your interns. And I just want to give a special thank you to Dave Fleischer for having this long conversation with us about this important topic. It's great. Absolutely. And until next time, this is Martin Diego Garcia. And Joe Fold breaking down how to win a campaign. How to win a campaign is Joe Fold, Martin Diego Garcia, Elizabeth Rowe, Carrie Yanata, Gabriella Zwaffler, and Hope Ledford. Music by Mike Pinto. Sound editing by The Sound Sanagoma. Special thanks to the team at the Campaign Workshop. Please review, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.